Hello and welcome to the Big Apple School podcast. My name's Katya and today we have a unique episode of our podcast because from now on, we're going to have three guests over here. And today I have here with me... Ken from Manila, Philippines. And... And lovely Mike from Sydney, home of the sun. And today we're going to be talking about quite, you know, an interesting topic, which is alcohol to drink or not to drink Woo-hoo. <laughs> so let's get the party started so guys tell me what's your attitude to alcohol like what's your relationship with it you know what um i must say that uh, i used to drink a lot and uh, well in my younger days <laughs> when i was at well um late teens to you know early adulthood, um, I would go out often with friends. Mm. And uh, I often saw alcohol as a way to distract myself from my daily routine. Or whenever I feel, you know, uh, sad or, you know, down and out. So it kind of magnifies the emotion. So if I want to feel sad, I turn to alcohol. And And how often did that happen? um, (laughs) Well, nowadays, not very often. But in the past, yeah, I would say like, quite a lot. All right, Mike, what about you? My attitude towards it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a sucker's game. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a sucker's game. Yeah. And um, you want me to explain that now or a bit later? Oh, go for it, please. Okay. So I started doing, you know, it's like any teenager growing up in Sydney. We all start doing all the bad things when we're about 15. Yeah, 15 is, about about the, right. 15 is about the magic age when you start getting into alcohol, drugs, sex, right? These three things, right? So um, basically, that's but that's when you get into the naughty stuff, right? And by the time you're in your 30s, you should sort of start, you know, phasing yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it certainly happened for me a little bit earlier with alcohol, right? So roughly about 26, 27. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so it's been about 10 years, yeah, for me, yeah, since I've pretty much went sober. <laughs> yeah, so I don't drink it. And that all came from the realization that alcohol essentially is poison. Yeah. Well, what's the turning point? Like how, what made you realize There's, that? There was no big event. There was no, you know, I hit my wife. None of that. None of that. <laughs> and, 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 you know, regrets afterwards. So it like was, not not the day like when you no, had a blackout and then no, you woke no, up no. the next day. It's it like, just, oh my God, I'm never going to drink to the realization. I, I guess what had, had, had happened at that time is that I had graduated by then and I started working and I started to see the world in a slightly different way. Yeah. Um, basically, what I realized is that, uh, well, what is alcohol? What is it? What actually is that? Uh, well, that is a drink that contains, what is it, ethanol? It's liquid, I right? It's well, liquid. it is liquid. Yeah, yes. it is. Well, it I can need... be liquid or gas. Yeah, but oh, okay, it can yeah. be liquid. It yes. can be in, um, you know, like in the form of like jelly beans. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it can be altered into different shapes and forms. Exactly. Right. And um, however, basically, it's poison. It's stuff that we use to actually clean biological things off surfaces. It's actually cleaners that we use. Right. Um, that's at 100% dose, right, we're talking about. So we, we use it to clean surgical tools with it, yeah? We, in fact, I remember when I was a little kid, we used to do dissections for frogs in, in science classes in schools. And one of the things they make you do is to actually wet a cotton bud with alcohol and put it into a jar of frogs, and they all go to sleep. Now, if you leave it in there for a long period of time, those frogs will all die. Yeah, it's to, to, it's to actually basically make them... I yes. mean- 
we aren't frogs. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, okay, right. I get the point, right. I get the point. So, but still, you used to party like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, when I realized that basically, I, I'd say I had a little bit of a perception shift, right? All right. So I'd graduated and I realized that basically most businesses around the world are essentially rackets. They're rackets to make money. Yeah, for an individual at the top or a group of individuals at the top. Wow, that escalated quickly. Well, you know, but if you look at it this way, I can kind of see, I could kind of see at that age what was happening here with alcohol. Right. They take a dirt cheap substance that was toxic to hum the human body, mix it with a little bit of coloring and flavoring, call it Midori, call it Kahlua, mm -hmm. sweeten it up essentially, and put marketing on it, right? And to say that if you drink with your friends, you are loved, you are valued, you are in a higher social hierarchy when you dress fancily and drink Midori at a bar. We're going right. to get back to that a little bit later. Do you want me to talk about this later or now? Because, <laughs> well, I didn't yeah. know that that would escalate like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. anyway. Because uh, to be honest yeah. with you, I also would like to hear from Katya what she thinks of, you know, alcohol. What's okay. your well, attitude? Ladies, ladies first. <laughs> well, kind of late for that. Well, I mean, I feel positive about it, but I'm not talking about like, you know, getting mm. wasted and whatnot, like mm. pretty often, but... I don't see anything wrong with like having a glass of wine every now and then. Right. Having a cocktail at the weekend, but not, you know, getting too drunk. So to the point that you can't really walk. I so, mean, hmm? Absolutely. Because it's one thing to be like totally wasted and do it on a daily basis. Because, well, that's a problem of, you know, mm. uh, alcoholics. And it's another thing to just enjoy. It's a way to unwind. Of course, you would want to do something a little different. And, you know, there's something about alcohol that makes you, you know, feel good about it. I don't know. At least that's what it does to me. Okay. Well, I mean, there are different reasons for people to drink. Mm. So let's say, what? Well, okay, I'm not asking you about like now, but mm. wait a second. Use, okay. I, like, okay. Well, um, Ken, what are typically your reasons to drink? Um, well, when I want to feel good, uh, of course, when there's a huge occasion with my friends, like a big event, mm -hmm. for example, uh, a year-end party, I, you know, alcohol will help you relax those senses mm -hmm. because sometimes you feel like a, a little uptight. You don't want to do something crazy, but with the help of alcohol, it brings out the crazy in you. Yeah. And I, I, I see nothing wrong with that. I mean, sometimes you kind of feel tense because you are surrounded by people you do not know. Right. And you kind of want to blend in maybe yeah. to get a little bit relaxed. And you want to get lost in the moment. True, true. So is it, so for a lot of people, it's like a way of um, blending in to socialize. Like it exactly. helps you with that. What were your reasons for drinking, Mike? Well, well Before you went right It's off. exactly the same reason that a 50-year-old, 15-year-old kid drinks right, is to socialize and fit in and be cool. You know, all the things that the alcohol companies market, yes, all those images and, you know, it's, it's exactly that, right? It's, I do it because everybody else does it, right? Fair enough, but not all the time. Like, I mean, it's not always the reason. I mean, okay, yeah. so let's say for me, um, sometimes I drink wine just because I love the taste of it. Mm -hmm. And I love to see different like aftertaste to try to be able to recognize the aftertaste, like yeah. both in let's say wine and in coffee. So for me, it's just a way to maybe broaden my horizons about the world, like to see how wine from New Zealand is different from wine, um, I don't know, from Provence. And besides, um, 
I think everybody knows here that some great writers, they drink when they write because there's something about alcohol that somehow opens their mind. I don't know. I mean, you've heard of some writers who drink. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I have no problem with people drinking if that's what they want to do. They truly enjoy the taste of it. What I have a problem with is the companies marking things up like 2,000% and making profit out of you from it. Well, at ridiculous yeah. prices. Yeah. Because uh, what, a cup of Kahlua, at, a shot of Kahlua in a bar is what? Like seven bucks, eight bucks, mm-hmm. right? Australian dollars. Can you imagine how much it costs to make that and transport it? Oh yeah, like even even yeah. if we compare prices like at the bars yeah. and in the shops. Yeah. So let's say a glass of wine uh-huh. at a bar is typically like, well, I mean, in here, yeah. in Russia, it's five, six dollars. Let's say in Boston area where I lived uh-huh. for quite a while, it was 10, 12. Yeah. But at the same time, I could buy the bottle of almost the same wine for like 10, 12. Yeah, so same someone else is making money off you by the, I mean, by the bucket loads. But Right. So when you pay for something that's not worth that value and you overpay that by a far margin, what do you call that person? I mean, okay, look. A sucker. (laughs) Oh, shut up. Okay, now I understand. So um, it seems to me that you are um, Mm. criticizing from the business aspect. Yes. I mean, but look, when I go to a bar and I pay this like amount of money for, um, I don't know, a cocktail or a glass of wine, I'm not only paying for the booze itself. Mm. I'm also paying for the atmosphere. Right. Like, you know, to be there, to sit there. I don't know. Well, let's say um, I'm thinking about occasions and situations when I go to a bar. It's not always to go and socialize. But let's say um, a year ago and or a couple of years ago when I was living in Boston area, I had to get home to my hometown. Well, not hometown, but the town where I lived by the shuttle. And it was running every two hours. So very often I had to kill the time somehow. So I would go to a bar, order a cocktail and read a book. Which, I don't know, may oh, sound a little and bit weird. Speaking of which, so we just want to clarify that people don't drink just because they want to be, you know, with company or to fit in. No, because you can also drink, you know, alone, which I would do occasionally. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm going to look at it from a minimalist. I'm going to offer a counter to that from a minimalist point of view, right? In minimalism, we address needs before desires, right? Oh. So if you're after... Being, being sociable with people, socializing with people, if that's what you need, mm-hmm. do you need alcohol in a bar to do that? I have, you know, like, on the one hand, no, you don't, because you can have fun without any yeah. kind of a substance. On the other hand, I used to have this saying, like, there's no fun story that ever started with a salad. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, I like that. I, I agree like with that. that. Yeah, it's yeah. very nice. If you yeah. have a story, like yeah. a great fun story that started with a salad, let me know. Okay. No, no, fair enough, fair enough. Um, But I also, you know, I would propose the question, when you say you want to socialize, do you want to socialize with a group of people or maybe two or three people or maybe just one person? Maybe asking yourself that because by nature, going to a bar means you're socializing with a lot of people, sharing the same space with a lot of people at one time. Is that what you need when it comes to socializing? I mean... Or do you need something more smaller and intimate? Again, that depends on the situation. But I think that if I want to socialize and spend time with one particular person, I would not go to, uh, you know, a huge bar where I know there are going to be a lot of people, but we would probably go either to a quiet place or just spend some evening at home. Mm. So usually it's either a group of people, like three or four people, or just some kind of a party or whatever. Right. All I'm saying is that if you don't figure out what you need, Mm -hmm. the world will tell you what you should want. 
they will tell as you it always if, has yeah they will tell you in order to socialize you want to go to a bar you want to pay seven dollars for drinks and you want to act you want to be drunk and you want to tell stories and you want to dance but the question is do you need that right how do you entertain yourself with this philosophy yeah. oh <laughs> i entertain myself very well as you know right i've had i've had a ter- terrific time here <laughs> yeah Remember, the mission here was to find the culture of this place, right? There the art, the architecture, what happened to the history here after the fall of the SSSR. Okay. Right? And that's how I entertain myself. I sit down with people, I hear their stories, right? We go for walks, cycling, walks by the river, little picnics, or go for a swim, right? Okay. This is the stuff I need. I need depth. Mm-hmm. I don't need width when it comes to relationships. Very nice. Right? Fair enough. Speaking of culture, by the way, um, so you guys have lived in different countries. You have traveled a lot, I guess. So have you noticed the difference in the drinking culture in different countries? Like, what about, let's say, Australia, the Philippines, and Russia? How's that different? Mm -hmm. Slight variations. You go first, Ken. Well, uh, (laughs) in my country, we drink a lot. And uh, I think the difference is that um, I would say that most of us um, allow the alcohol to control us because um, mm-hmm. after you know a night's drink, we begin to do something crazy or stupid. We can even pick a fight, um, and that's why um, you know there are certain uh, prohibitions or mm-hmm. limitations as to you know where you can drink, how much you can drink. And um, sadly, in my country, uh, if we talk about bars or clubs, uh, most of the fights are caused by alcohol mm-hmm. and. It's not just about the clubs and bars, even, you know, drinking at home. Sometimes um, (laughs) we drink and then we uh, do karaoke. That's a super Filipino thing. Like we always do that. And uh, it can be a little annoying for the neighbors because, for example, it can last till midnight or even beyond that. And they don't even care about their neighbors. So Uh you see, uh, we even have a law that um, prohibits people from, you know, uh, doing karaoke and drinking beyond 12. Although, of course, people, you know, somehow they're able to find their way out mm-hmm. uh, because uh, they don't really complain. Because the thing is, there's a penalty and you only have to pay how much? Like five pesos? I don't know how much that is in, you know, US dollars, but okay. it's just a very small fine. So people just don't care. Like, oh, who cares it's about fines? We, we can afford doing that. Wait, um, you mentioned limitations too. Do you have any limitations on what time of the day you can buy alcohol? Uh, well, when it comes to the time, actually, no. I mean, part of the day, no. Um, we don't have such a rule like in Kazakhstan. What time is that? Or maybe here in, in Russia, like some supermarkets are not allowed to sell alcohol beyond 10 o'clock. Yeah, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, I think, I think we like don't that. have such a thing. All right. Actually, like the laws about the time differ depending on the region in Russia. Because in my home region, you can only buy alcohol from 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. And at first, you know, they thought that that would, you know, be of good and bring good and people would drink less. But no, because people think like, okay, we can only buy alcohol from 2 to 8. What if we want some alcohol after? And they like, you you know, they buy more beforehand and then they drink it all anyway. (laughs) And like, Oh, that's like yeah, a vicious but, cycle. But there are also 24-7 services here. When you call certain numbers, some guy will come up and drop you the alcohol. I've seen that as well. They are set to exist. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> set to exist. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, right. what about drinking culture in Australia? Yeah, 
well, how do I say this? The drinking culture in Australia still persists very strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, however, what was kind of sort of revolutionary? Um, this happened about let's say four years ago. Um, Sydney instituted what's called lockout laws, lockout laws. So there are lockdown mm-hmm. in quarantine, right? What these things are called lockdown laws, lockout laws, mm-hmm. right? Which means that by certain time, I believe it's about two a.m. or one a.m., all pubs. And clubs have to close. Two a.m. Yeah, something like this. Yeah, so they you have to leave the premise and they have to shut down, right? Which what did it used to be? It used to be all night, as long as you want. I think there was a little bit of a period between five to six in the morning where you had to close, uh-huh, but uh-huh. they basically said you can't do operate a business after one a.m. or two a.m. Okay, right? So what what that caused is a lot of these. Hospitality industries to essentially go broke, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, they they you know obviously protested and whatnot, and this was to obviously stop things like alcohol incurred violence mm-hmm. and misdemeanors because if you look at well ordered societies, right, a lot of problems social you know problems are actually caused through alcohol. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when you say that you're a weekend drinker, and that's fine, yeah, that's fine. However, you have to understand that. Every harm that alcohol has ever caused, I believe, came from the exact same place. It started that way as a weekend thing, and then it became a daily thing, and then it went from a let's have a fun thing to let's punch my wife thing, right?、Mm-hmm. So they they it has it, it's I it, mean it, yeah it that's that's why like、yeah. people know like they need to know the limit,、mm-hmm. which a lot of people have a problem with. Do do humans know their limits? Depends on the human. Yeah, yeah. How many humans do you know that live with knowing their limitations and their potential? Some. Right. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, well. I'm not going to say myself、yeah. included or not. And and how many people drink? Lots. I, that is true. Yeah. So you can see the disproportionate. Well. Yeah. The disproportion here, right? And that's why、yes. alcohol is. Harmful to the individual, harmful to the society.、Mm-hmm. Yeah,、um, and I can really see a sucker's game here. At the end of the day, people who profit from this are the owners of the company and the governments who tax them. Right. Well, you walk away with the harm; they walk away with the money. I mean, we can say that about almost anything. Yeah, there's no,、True. there's no, there's no business like the addiction business, and coffee is the same. This is why I don't drink coffee. Right. Good for you. Yeah. Coffee holic here. Yeah, there's a reason for that, right? So、oh. there's no there is no business like the addiction business. Full stop, right? True, true. The money's in the comeback. Yeah. So and、um, what about alcohol tolerance? Has it changed for you over the years? Like, have you ever thought about it? Have you noticed anything like that? Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Well,、mm-hmm. in my case,、uh, I used to be able to drink、um, like how many bottles of beer. In the past, like seven, I can even go for like in one go bottle, right?、Um, and h- however,、um, there were also times when I would throw up in I don't know like how many bottles after, maybe four or five, but it was just you know mo- momentary. It was just for a short time, and then.、Um, but nowadays, I must say, because of you know my stomach problem, now I try to stay away. From alcohol, and、mm. I wouldn't want to, you know, like drink a lot. The, the last real drinking that you know I had was in our corporate party last year in December. <laughs> <laughs> But、uh, after that, I, I stopped, and now I'm on a break. 
<laughs> all right. All right. You know, um, I'm sorry for not letting you speak, Mike, but I'm oh, just no, going to quickly um, add that um, I sometimes see people not following, like, you know, the basic rules of drinking. Like, you know, people just go drink and they just drink, drink, drink. But you need to remember, like, certain rules. Like, first, you don't do that on an empty stomach. Like, you should, right. like, have some food beforehand and whatnot. And then people forget to drink water. Like, if you don't want to have, like, consequences and be have a terrible hangover the next day, drink water between drinks. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm from time to time I'm teaching at a college in the US and I can see like first year kids getting wasted just because they just start drinking and then they mix as well like they start with some vodka they got somewhere like through somebody because they're not you know allowed to do that they are underage and then they're like they can mix it with something and then they just feel so bad they're taken away by the ambulance mm-hmm. I'm like oh my god why do you do this it's no control yeah I mean, this is uh, back to the question about like the drinking culture because I feel like in Russia, some parents, they tell their kids like, okay, when you are a college kid, at some point you're going to want to drink. Just please make sure you drink water, you have some food, you don't mix things. So, yeah. Otherwise, they'll end up badly. I read a statistic recently that, um, that most sexual assault crimes on campus that happen at colleges in the United States, most of them, alcohol is almost always involved, no matter what. I mean, a lot of crimes, just as you mentioned, just like several minutes ago, a lot of crimes happen because of the alcohol. But still, that doesn't mean that it's, you know, the only evil. Yeah, exactly, because you've got drugs. (laughs) you Yeah. A lot of things out there, like a lot of factors. Yeah, but it's like gun control, isn't it? I mean, you got evil people everywhere. But if you give them the means true. to to harm other people by giving them guns, that in itself is a problem, right? So if okay. you got yeah, if you got issues, you want to vent out at the world. But then I give you the tools to do that, called alcohol. Right? I mean, John was saying this the other day, right? And in a, in a, in a podcast, it? he told me, you know, a long time ago when they used to fight battles about 200 years ago, they used to line people up and they used to march towards each other with muskets. Oh, yeah. And they would march into cannon fire and bullets. Yeah. Right? That sounds crazy, right, today? So if I told you, get a gun and march towards a hail of bullets and cannon fire. Oh, hell no. Yeah, but do you know how they made guys do that? Was it rum? Rum. Oh, I remember listening rum. to that podcast, yeah. Rum. Rum. Yeah. Right? So it was a tool. Alcohol has always been a tool, right? I mean, if not that, there's going to be another tool, but... Still. Anyway, uh, you were going to say something about tolerance. Oh, my tolerance uh, to alcohol is next to nothing now. Yeah. So I think uh, in the last uh, 14 months I've been here in Novosibirsk, um, I think I drank twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, once was at a dacha. Um, this old man with one eye made his home homemade kvass. Oh, and he gave, he gave me a cup. Wait, wait, one second. Is is that considered alcohol? Well, well, I mean, yeah. because of the fermentation, like it has. Uh, trust a very me, this like, guy was an alcoholic. There's oh, no way okay. he's not gonna he's gonna make something that's not alcoholic, okay. right? So he had two buckets. One was his toilet for the urine. Next to it was his kvass bucket, fermentation wow. bucket. What kind of place was that? <laughs> uh, it was a Dacia near Moscow, right? So he gave me a cup of kvass, right? And and it was in a dirty cup and. I drank this thing and I smiled and went, hmm, yeah, great. Uh, Harasho, right? Oh, it does not sound. It's just to be polite, right? However, 
it didn't taste too bad, but it wasn't great. But I didn't get drunk off this because the alcohol was very low in this thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that was once, right? Strike one. The second time I drank was um, at Lenina, actually, right? And it was a half a shot of tequila, right? And I couldn't finish the thing. Couldn't do it. Half it a shot. Half a shot. Uh, that this was it. Just half. Half a shot. Half a shot. And I just went, no, I'm not doing it. That's it. What do you think is the reason for the, like the alcohol to- tolerance changing so much? The truth is, well, your body habituates to it, I guess. But the truth is, at the end of the day, everyone's allergic to alcohol. That's why you get drunk. That's yeah. It's not you get a substance. Yeah. Alcohol is not a substance that occurs in your body. It's, that's why it itself is toxic because it doesn't occur naturally in your body. Yeah, your body does everything to fight it, actually, mm-hmm. right? It goes straight through what's called a blood-brain barrier and goes straight into your brain, right? And it only takes seconds for that to happen, right? I have a question for you right. for later, but um, I just want to share my story of, like, um, alcohol tolerance because I remember when I was, like, 20, maybe, um, I would, every, like, once in a while, once in a couple of months, would go and party and... I would be out until like 5 a.m., for example, then like have breakfast somewhere, go home, have two or three hours of sleep, wake up, you know, like all fresh, feeling energetic and marvelous and go straight to work to work eight for eight hours. Now I just look back and think, how the hell was that possible? Yeah. Like ever. <laughs> now it's like, okay, a couple of glasses of wine, maybe a little bit more once a month. And I'm like, ah, no, I need like solid 10 hours of sleep after that. Kate, you're getting old. (laughs) (laughs) I refuse to. Science of aging. (laughs) I mean, it has to be connected with something like that. I mean, because I cannot even think about like going out until 5 a.m. right now. I'm like, no, I need my sleep and I need, it needs to be a day off the next day. Like drinking a day before working day. Ha ha, no, no. So I've got the opposite proposition for you. Okay, so what happens if I removed alcohol from your life completely? I mean, I would still have my coffee. I mean, I think I would just miss some drinks. I mean, not in terms of like alcohol, but I would replace it with something like lemonades, as I did. So for for about like several months, I wasn't allowed to drink, but I still wanted something sweetish. I wanted different flavors. Sorry, let's go back one. You weren't allowed to drink. Yeah. Why? Um, I was taking some medicine that does not go well with uh, uh, alcohol. So I was told, like, do not yeah. ever take alcohol yeah. with it because yeah. it will have, like, yeah. side terribly get, like, yeah. side effects and it will affect my liver. So I was like, oh, pff, I'm not gonna. So, but I, from time to time, like, I really crave for this, like, you know, Swedish drinks, right. something like that. So I made lemonades or something like that. I went, when I went out, I would just get like, you know, virgin cocktails or something like that. I just want flavors. Yeah. Like I drink coffee very often, but almost often, like almost all of the time, it's one of the same flavor. And this is why alcohol is highly, highly addictive. Not only does it have an addictive substance called alcohol, it also has sweeteners, right? And flavoring. It has sugar. That's right. And sugar is addictive. very addictive. So it's actually a triple threat. Yeah, if you think about it. It's, it's, it's I'm telling you, you know, it okay. is designed from the ground up by okay. food chemists and food scientists to make you addicted, to come back to it. I no mean, all the food is out there to get me hooked up on it. Right. And I understand that like, okay, it has sugar in it, it has alcohol in it, but- all the foods. 
Hmm? Not all the foods. Most of the foods that are out there. Uh, the like, ones that yeah. are heavily marketed. There's a there's a there's a famous saying: the only healthy foods are the ones that aren't marketed. Fair enough. Right. So if you're if you see it on TV, don't eat it. There you go. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. But anyway, every time I want to drink, like I'm not going to think like, okay, that has this many grams of sugar. Like, can I actually do that? It's going to have some effect on my weight and whatnot. But well, YOLO. Well, I mean, it's like I said, it all comes to me. It all comes down to needs. Yeah. Like, are you do you do you need it or not? Right. If you if you need it, then do it. If you don't need it, then don't do it. Right. But don't don't be sucked into the advertising that makes you want it. Yeah. Yeah. Out of pure desire. Right. Yeah. yeah so I have I yeah. have a question though. Um, mm. I recently read um, some kind of a short article which says that one portion of alcohol, which is about a hundred milliliters of wine, um, helps with metabolism. How's that? I mean, yeah. like, because you're saying that oh, it's yeah. like, I mean, we understand that it is poison, like it gets you intoxicated, yeah, but how does that look, work? Look, that myth came out when I was a little kid, right? And some what about French, like... Some, some French people did some research on it and said that because French people drink a little port or something, cup of port every day. That, look, the jury's out on that. There's, there's absolutely no research that indicates that a little bit of alcohol a day, right, helps you become healthy in any aspect. Right? I mean, I had... Yeah. yeah, some say it's the grape that's in the thing. Some say it's, uh-huh. the, yeah, it's the other substances that help you and allow you to become more healthier. But who knows, right? I mean, there's like one one little urban myth that came from one research. That's not enough to justify an, an entire broad spectrum of human conditions. So you don't believe in that? In anatomy. Not of one research. <laughs> if, if you were to do maybe a long-term study, mm. so anything to do with addiction, whether it be cigarettes or alcohol or whatever, you have to you have to do a research for a long time, mm-hmm. know, 20, 30, 40, 50 year research, right? To actually get the jury out on this. And that's how they did it with cigarettes, mm-hmm. right? They, they basically followed the history of people for decades before they arrived at the conclusion that cigarettes were harmful. Mm-hmm. Before it was not harmful, it was not considered harmful. You know, people's doctors said smoke if you want, right? But of course the research completely showed otherwise. Now there hasn't been a similar thing done with wine. Mm-hmm. Right, simply probably because there's no money in us doing the research. Uh, Mike, uh, I'm just yeah. curious. So, um, you're not right. saying that we should totally, you know, stop making alcohol or drinking alcohol. You're not saying that. That's are not you? what I'm saying. I'm saying know what you're getting into. Okay. Know that you're getting into a game set up by certain people mm-hmm. to make money off you. Mm. Yeah. So you are left with the harm. They go away. They run off with the profits. If you think that way. Then you realize, then that's the realization I had when I was in my 20s is exactly the world is set up to be like that, right? Mm-hmm. They tell us things without asking us to question it, right? Yeah. But if you question it, you will begin to start making different behaviors because you realize yeah. that you're being ripped. Yeah, essentially. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. It's just um, sometimes I see people who cannot really control themselves and they get taller, like up to the point where they cannot walk and to be honest looking at this I'm like okay this is why I have my limits like and I try yeah. well I'm sticking to them no matter what but you know um, uh, for me personally I think we uh, give options to people so they can enjoy their time or do whatever they want but um, 
you know, uh, I think it's fine that there is still, you know, alcohol, that it is um, available for people who would want to, you know, avail of, of them. Um, so I don't think it's a totally, you know, like, um, what, negative thing that we mm-hmm. have, you know, alcohol in the same way that we have, what, um, cigarettes or, you know, other forms of, like, vices. Um, so they're just there. And we leave it up to the person on how he or she will control himself such yeah. that, you know, it will not really ruin his or her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there um, a compensatory for alcohol? So, for example, uh, heroin addicts can take methadone. Cigarette addicts can vape. Is there a similar thing available for alcoholics? Do you guys know? I have no idea. So if you're hooked on alcohol, how do you compensate for that? Because it's very difficult to get rid of an addictive behavior, but it is easier to replace it. I honestly do not know, and I don't think there is any kind of an alternative that is, well, healthier. Yeah, I'm yeah, kind of thinking see, too. Like... But, but do you understand the problem now? Yeah? Well... Yeah, if, as soon oh, as I think heroin methadone, if, as soon as I think um, a cigarettes, I think uh, vape. When I think alcohol, I can't think of any. That is so true. Yeah. Like you can only switch to something totally different. And why is that? We have advanced chemistry in this world. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's yet right. to be made in you know in the future, sometime later. <laughs> An alternative to alcohol. Who knows? I think the technology is there already. I feel like there's going to be a but. Yeah, but, but there's something else that's keeping this at bay. This technology from being... Like yeah. profit? Something like that. And this is what I'm saying. It is a sucker's game. <laughs> it is the best sucker's game on this planet. All like, right. All right. Um, well then, what if we try to answer this question that we asked at the very beginning? So to drink or not to drink? What do you say? Hell no. Hell no, Ken? To drink. In moderation. Yeah, I would totally agree with Ken and say, drink, but responsibly. Exactly. Like, this is the key. Know your limits. Yeah, governments have been preaching that mantra for two decades now. Drink responsibility and responsibly, right? And let's see the success results of that. I don't think the crime statistics really, right, support that. Well, we'll see. What about we meet in like five years and see what the statistics are? (laughs) And this is why I like the Islamic countries, right? Yeah. Zero alcohol. Zero tolerance. Yeah. Well. They don't market it. Simple. Yeah, well, that's kind of a topic for another podcast. Nobody profits from it. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming here and for talking with me about one of my favorite topics. Um, so that was the episode about alcohol. And we discussed our alcohol tolerance, our attitude to booze, drinking cultures in different countries. And we answered the question to drink or not to drink in our own way. Thank you so much. That was Big Apple School Podcast. Like and subscribe. See ya.